Welcome back to Mike and Maurice's Mind Escape. Let us help you escape your mind. We have episode number 156. We're going to be talking uh, UFOs and UFO updates with uh, Chris Wolford. Um, and you can check him out on Twitter. Uh, you can check us out at mindescapepodcast.com. We have all the links on there. Um, video, audio, blog, everything's up there. Check it out. Also go to our Patreon at patreon.com uh, slash mindescapepodcast. For $2 a month, you'll get exclusive content. And also check out Indra's web. Dot org, which is our new app that we created for rational discourse on all these kinds of topics, whether it be uh, ancient civilizations, UFOs, all the stuff we talk about on this show. So check that out. Um, and uh, without further ado, welcome back on the show, Chris. Thanks for having me on. Uh, third time's third a charm. Time's a charm, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, it's. Uh, I'm glad we got it in, though, and figured this out. Um, Zoom's a little bit more stable, so we should be good to go. Um, so what I was asking you before we got cut off the other thing we were doing, um, did you learn anything from watching the new documentary by James Fox, the phenomenon? Like, was there anything new in there? Cause I know, you know, a lot about the subject already. So, uh, was there anything that kind of piqued your interest? The footage, there was some new footage that had never been seen. Um, like I was saying before, the Ray Stanford thing with, uh, Sorac, uh, I can't say it now. Uh, the Sorocco case. Ray mm-hmm. Stanford, James Fox should like really bug Jane, um, Ray, Ray because he got a contract in the late 60s, early 70s with the U.S. Air Force to shoot laser beams at UFOs. So the Air Force would look on their radar to see if there's incoming UFOs and they would call up Ray. They gave him a, a phone at his house and say, they're coming in your direction. Uh, at this coordinates and he would shoot a laser at them mm. and not many people know about that uh, Ray is getting up there in age he also has footage that not a lot of people know about that he's got a daylight uh, sighting of a UFO on like uh, on like 35 millimeter uh, film and it's crystal clear like there's no uh, doubt about what it is um, it's not hoaxed only a few people have seen it he just is very – he hates the UFO community, and he hates pretty much everybody, he, if, unless you talk about dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, he loves to show his, uh, his fossil uh, collection off. Mm-hmm. But as far as UFO stuff, in the documentary, did I learn some new stuff? Uh, maybe with Chris Mellon, uh, with Lou Elizondo, on how they got those three videos declassified. That's a little bit new, but other than that, I pretty much knew everything that was in the documentary. Yeah, I had a good uh, grasp on a lot of the stuff, too. There was some new stuff. Um, One of the things, you know, spoiler alert, I don't even know if it's a spoiler, if it's a documentary, but, um, you know, the West, uh, the Westall School in 1966, um, which has some hallmarks that correlate to the uh, Rua Zimbabwe school mass sighting. And then also 
I w- I was going back and forth with you, and I mentioned there's kind of some correlations between that uh, 1959 Papua New Guinea mass sighting with the beans described and like everything, uh, which is very similar to the Rua Zimbabwe or, or yeah Rua uh, Zimbabwe case in '94. Um, did you when when that came up? Did you notice the same thing or because uh, I. When I say that, the beans, you know, like they're wearing like these suits they mentioned and their eyes and then the craft and they were like uh, almost like there's like something telepathically going on. Yeah, that's interesting. But that's if you ask most experiencers, that's what typically happens. You have a psychic connection to whatever these things are. I don't know why um, that is. Obviously, one could possibly assume they have lost their ability to communicate through their mouth. So they can use only telepathic means to communicate. Um, it, it was interesting to me that in the Papua New Guinea case with Father Gill, that the occupants weighed back to the people on the ground, right. which is crazy because I've not seen or read in the literature where UFO occupants are waving back. So I don't know what that is. And, you know. Yeah, because that would indicate some level of knowledge of the way we communicate, right? I mean, because that's the big thing is if something were to land or something was coming in and out and there was interactions, would, other than the telepathic stuff, would there be some sort of other communication? And usually... I mean, like you mentioned, I don't ever, I can't think of a case where there's somebody waved or like talked or anything like that. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm having a real hard time trying to remember any cases. I mean, the weird stuff is more common. Uh, like there's a case that happened in Russia, I want to say in the 80s, where like a robot got out of a UFO and like kids mm-hmm. saw it. I, I can't pronounce the name, but it starts with a V and it's, it's a well-known case, yeah. but like it, school children saw it, people just running in the middle. People saw it. They didn't know what to think of it. And it was a really weird case. I mean, we could say that like uh, Kelly Hopkins case in Kentucky, that's a weird one too. I mean, right. they look literally like goblins, Right. you know, that's, hmm. I don't know what to make of that. I mean, I know that, there's some researchers that like equate this to like fairy lore and all that. Uh, to me, you're going a little bit too over the edge on that. I mean, yes, there's some comparisons, but at the same time, um, well, isn't it, that the, cause I know like Graham Hancock talks a lot about that kind of stuff too, is like those, the so, so called fairies from like ancient times or medieval times or whatever. They look very similar to like a gray. So was that just what people were calling gray aliens back then? You know? Yeah, that's a fantastic question. I I honestly don't know. And it's funny how Graham Hancock recently and Joe Rogan apparently said that he had a, or somebody had an experience with a gray on ayahuasca, which, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, that, that's great. But I we need Graham Hancock. He was, uh, Graham was uh, saying that uh, this whole revelation with uh, ATIP and what's been happening with the U.S. government is kind of like a smokescreen and that really you shouldn't pay attention to that. I was kind of disappointed to hear him say that. Um, I think he's not big on any, cause uh, you know, when you look at like the whole psychedelic stuff, I mean, the government definitely dropped the ball and screwed that whole thing up with the stuff that they did early on and 
MK Ultra and LSD and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I don't, people that are into psychedelics don't trust um, that whole process for that reason. It's like these things are medicines that have been used since the beginning of time and they be, they were demonized for a while. And now it's like science is like, oh, I guess they help, you know? So I think that's the mentality behind that. I don't think it's as malicious as, um, you know, I don't know his personal views on, I've heard him talk about like aliens and stuff. And like you said, seeing stuff on psychedelics, but I don't know where he personally stands uh, on all this. But yeah, I mean, you make a good point that there's some people that believe in parts of these things and not the whole picture or whatever is going on. So let me ask you this. Um, when you're talking, I mean, even to this day, I saw Nick West was tweeting about, you know, uh, at Lou Elizondo, because Lou Elizondo was answering questions on Twitter yesterday. And then you have all these other people asking him, like, why are you faking out people and stuff like that? I thought he handled it pretty well, Lou Elizondo, from what I saw. But, I mean, what's your take on that whole thing? Do you think these people are just crazy or going crazy? Or... Like Nick West, I, you know what, with him – there's no helping him. Like you can't, you you could literally show him probably a body. You could show him a craft. You could take him to S4 and you would still say, I can explain that. <laughs> so you yeah. can't, you can't help Nick West. The other people saying like, um, Lou is trying to observe. I can't say that word, but like, Obscate. uh, yeah, his past or what he's done. Listen, He's got an NDA. It's forever. I don't understand. Here's a guy who left his government job. He didn't take his pension with him, as far as I can tell. And he literally risked all that to go do this because, you know, UFOs are so much fun. You make so much money because, you know, T is, you know, to the stars is just rolling in that money uh, to go <laughs> do this to get berated by you know, reporters. All right. Um, yeah, you were saying that we were talking about, um, Mick West and, uh, I, I guess for me, the whole Mick West thing is like, this is like, you have different levels of skeptics and different types of skeptics. I mean, you have Michael Shermer who likes to dip his toe in the pool, uh, when some big news comes out and he won't fully research things and he'll just make comments and let his, you know, so quote unquote scientific minded, followers try and debunk and post a bunch of rebuttals to everything so you have those kind of skeptics um and obviously michael Shermer doesn't know what he's talking about because he went on joe rogan and got eviscerated by randall carlson and graham hancock <laughs> yes so, yes um so so there you have that one and then you have nick west who if he was gonna debunk why isn't he debunking all the actual bunk ufo stuff going out there i'm not gonna name names but everybody knows who i'm talking about and those people are kind of out of their minds in the stuff that they believe there's no basis whatsoever for what they believe. So uh, why isn't he going after those people if he wants to help? You know what I'm saying? So I don't understand. Well, the reason is because he wants to go after the big fish. Like if he could take down two stars and make Lou look like a fool, then he's accomplished his goal. Right. That's I do feel that that's exactly what he wants to do. I mean, he, he does not care to, say, well, I, I know what I'm doing because I was a developer of video games. Big deal. Did I you work Tony at Raytheon? <laughs> well, well, not only that, but like, did you work for Raytheon? Did you make the Atfler pod? Do, do you know how it exactly works? Just because you read the manual doesn't mean you're like some 
master of Atflair just because you read the friggin' manual. I, I don't, yeah. I don't understand McWest. Like he, like I said, he just wants to take down the biggest fish because then that's a feather in his cap. And then he could say, see, I told you this is all bunk. Listen, <laughs> the pilots who were there, he saw the Tic Tac or the go fast or right. the, the gimbal video. David Fraser they're not, and, yeah, yeah, they're not lying. Ryan Graves, they're not lying. Okay. They are not lying. They saw what they saw. Uh, there's no question in my mind. They, they not only believe what they saw, but they, they know it wasn't not like it wasn't Chinese. It wasn't Russian. It was something that we in our arsenal do not have. Now, could we, have developed something in secret? Possibly. I'm not going to say probably. Like even the, the latest Air Force thing that they're going to be testing this uh, this um, missile that can go in 12 minutes to a target. That's a joke. That's still not a tic-tac. It doesn't mm. make right-hand turns. You know, it doesn't point at the FA-18 when David Fravor is like wanting to engage that. That right. is something else, you know. And then... I talked to all the other witnesses who were on Princeton or on the Nimitz and they all have the same or similar story. It was not something that we have ever seen. Hmm. So I don't know why Mick, I don't Mick have, doesn't like witness testimony. He just yeah, doesn't. I, he, he, anything anecdotal. He's like most other supposed science minded or materialist thinking people in the sense that if it's anecdotal, it must be some weird, uh, hallucination or you know endogenous chemical reaction in the brain or something like that. But my I don't favorite. Ha- oh, oh, go ahead. Excuse me. I was going to say my favorite is well, pilots can get it wrong. Right. Really? Are you freaking kidding me? So you have two pilots, one with Fravor. You know, Fravor's flying his F eighteen. Then you have the female pilot who I won't name, but I do know who she is. She saw it. And then you have the Wizzos. They all saw it. So that's four people. And then you have Fravor landing back on the Nimitz and telling uh, Chad Underwood, hey, go find that thing. It looked like a Tic Tac. And he had the Atfler pod, and he recorded it, and he saw it too. So <laughs> I don't understand where Nick West is making this. I well, don't know. Here's the he thing. Is, I, for me, I'm not like – you know, a fan or a fanboy or anything, you know me. I just like, I think this is an interesting topic. It has to do with the mind and consciousness, in my opinion. So I'm after truth. And if you listen to our podcast, I don't put all my eggs in any basket. And I don't commit to 100% to saying this is true, this isn't whatever, because the whole picture is always evolving. But I will say this. McWest keeps saying he's just after truth and he just wants to figure out the truth. He doesn't. He has a <laughs> severe case of confirmation and uh, you know cognitive bias because, he, like you said, he's going after the big fish. He has some sort of agenda. It's not just debunking something or being skeptical. I'm skeptical. I, I you know, we're gonna do. We're gonna make a video on this. I saw an amber orb. Um, I was at my dad's house for his birthday and we were in the backyard just staring in this clearing uh, behind his house, and I saw this orange orb hovering, and I went down to pick up my phone to pull up my star map app to, to figure out if to make sure it wasn't like a planet or um, a star, and it wasn't one that I knew of because I, Saturn was up to the left and Mars was even further to the left. So I knew where most things were, and by the time I picked up my phone, 
the thing was gone. He was staring up there. He said it just, you know, it's gone. It just darted off. So uh, I know what planes look like because I kind of live by, you know, uh, I lived by O'Hare. So I know, you know, what planes in the Chicago area taking off and uh, landing kind of look like. I know that this was probably 60 degrees off the horizon. So it couldn't have just disappeared, you know, then a star or something like that. So um, do I think it was necessarily a UFO? No, but I think it was weird. My dad and I thought it was weird, you know, so um, so that's the kind of thinking I have with this. But then when you look at what he's doing, he's immediately jumping the gun, thinking that everybody's wrong. Their minds are playing tricks on them. All these people's different minds are diff- playing different tricks on them. Um, so, I mean, that's where I'm saying is like, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but again, I, I don't have any problem with the guy. I think he seems like a nice guy. He, and even when people get nasty with him, he seems to not really get nasty, which is nice. But at the same time, he keeps saying he's looking for truth. And I don't see that no, from, from like a third person. Yeah. I'm, and I appreciate you doing that because we need people like you who are independent, who don't have a really a fish to fry in this fight. And you, you're seeing that he does, he doesn't care. He's not there for truth. It, I don't know why. And you could get really speculative. And I, I know I've spoken to some people behind the scenes. We have our thoughts on why I'm not going to share that, but you can assume uh, possibly there's some nefarious scenes there. Uh, and am I, am I insinuating that? Maybe, maybe I'm not. Um, I, I don't know. Uh, I know. I think you hit he, it on the head though before, which was that taking down a big fish. So it's like, he's obviously into debunking, right? Like that's his thing. Yep. He, he debunks yep. chemtrails. He debunks, uh, all the conspiracies out there. Um, and this is like the biggest one. That's the hardest one, right? Like this is the challenge. So what he's looking at this thing is like, this is the challenge of his moment or his time. And if he can do this, then he's the best at debunking or something along those lines. So I think that it's, it's that I don't Maybe you're right with the other stuff. I don't know, but I'm just saying for me, that's my perception of it. I think you, like I said, you hit it on the head with, uh, this is the biggest challenge. Yeah, I mean, uh, here's the thing. You have the head of ATIP came out from the shadows, went public, and he's sharing what he can. He's skirting around his NDA with reason and trying to give you some nuggets, and you still are basically saying, nope, not good enough. I don't care. Uh, Why won't you address this, 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 or this? They already did. I don't understand why Mick just doesn't say, okay, let's move on and let's change. He's not interested in making a name for himself and that's fine. So, well, I mean, again, it is what it is, I guess, you know, and I think that he's, you know, he's keep, he'll keep pushing back, especially when people put up the seagull memes and all, (laughs) all, all that kind of stuff. I mean, I think it obviously has gotten to him. I've seen him get a little, um, edgy with some people, but he's, like I said, he's usually pretty chill, but again, he keeps making this statement that he's looking for truth. And I don't think that's the case. It's almost like, um, he's using an extreme form of heuristic rhetoric, which I, you know, people can look that up. It's when you're trying to argue with somebody to win the debate and not actually look for truth. That's how I feel about that situation. Or here's another thought. Maybe he's so scared of what the UFO phenomenon represents. Right. 
Well, he keeps saying if there was proof, he'd believe. But like you said, no. you, if you brought him, <laughs> if you took him into a hangar and showed him a, a real UFO, he would still, you know, be in denial about the situation. Yeah, so. he'd probably say it's a model or something, you know. So, um, but uh, so when you look at what's going on right now, you know, you have Lou Elizondo on Twitter answering questions. You have Chris Mellon popping in and on. You've got the new podcast, the TTSA talks and everything. Um, is there, what's the next step? Cause I think I mean, some people make a good point too. It's like, okay, those three videos are awesome. You know, they definitely are something, but is there more videos? Is there something else coming out soon? Oh yeah, there's more videos, whether they come out or not is up to the task force and whether Congress gets their act together in 2022, not, not in 21, but in 2022, if they get their act together and take a long, hard look at this um I, I do feel that they have to like i know two stars have gotten a lot of heat because they have to frame it as a threat because that's how politicians and unfortunately the media will only take a look at this if you push it as a threat right otherwise they're not going to waste their time because they don't they don't it's such an ugly thing to touch right. and the once you touch it you own it. And a lot of politicians and a lot of people in the media don't want to touch it with a 50-foot pole. I mean, right. look at Leslie King. So she writes with Ralph Blumenthal this latest article back in July about crash retrievals. Eric Davis giving a briefing to uh, Congress or uh, senators, excuse me. And people were like, well, how is he able to say that and how are the people, of, you know, how are the senators able to hear that? Because they may not have a clearance. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that debate, but I will say that Eric Davis did give that speech, uh, not speech, that did give that uh, briefing to the, the, the senators, and that really did happen. Like, that, mm -hmm. I don't know why people then will say, well, Lizzie Keene is just in it because she's a UFO person. She was connected to the Rockefeller Initiative and all this stuff. Listen, we should be applauding her and Ralph to take this subject on. Right. The fact that uh, Eric Davis says that we had crash retrievals, you know, we have crash retrievals and we have vehicles mm -hmm. from off planet, that's huge. But, you know, we still get these people who say, oh, show me the beef. No, listen, man. Eric Davis is as real as you get. Uh, the guy is not there to lie. Now, with that being said, he may have said some things that aren't a completely truth, but that's the way the game is played. I mean, you could say that about Chris Mellon, Zano, Tom Dolan, all those people, because you, this is such a – Ah, hard thing to get out of that grasp of the national security state. You're not just going to go in there and grab it and pull it out and say, here is what we have. And let's show the public Joe Q public. Here you go. Here's the craft. And here's that. That's not going to happen. The way that it's going right now is the best way we could do it. Little tidbits here and there, and it's a slow process. I, and I go back to what Tom DeLong had said, that this would end up being around a seven-year process. I do feel that that's on, uh, you know, that's on uh, record, not record, um, uh, on pace 
for about a seven-year plan. Right now, we're at the three-year anniversary of, we're going to be about the three-year anniversary of um, the New York Times, the initial 2017 article. And so we got four more years of little nuggets to come out here and there. Mm -hmm. But it, it, I don't know how else to do it because there is people within the Pentagon who don't want this out. Uh, I know that for a fact that people, certain people at the Pentagon don't want this up because of religious reasons. And also uh, they just don't, they don't want to have to deal with it. So they kick the can down the road and they keep kicking the can down the road. The and then like Lewis said before, the minute you open this subject up to the public and you admit what to what you have or what you don't have, then your enemies are going to have the same capability because they'll be getting that information at the same time yeah so that's why they got to be very delicate on the way they on how they handle this and i can appreciate people like lou alzano put everything on the line to do this and you know people take a crap on him and it, it is unfortunate but the guy's the real deal like everybody that i've talked to that, that interacts with him says like he's very genuine there's no ill uh bone in his body He's not trying to deceive anybody. And technically, from what I understand, in his job when he was at ATIP, he could not deceive the American public. He could not deceive it. It was against the law. Now, right. the people above him, yeah, could they? And they get, could they get away with it, deceiving the public? Probably. But where he was, no, he could not deceive the public. So, Yeah, the religious thing's interesting to me because it's like, if you really look into religion and like where it came from and now there's been books written by like Brian Murrowski um the immortality key that's suggesting that entheogens and psychedelics had a lot to do with um the beginning of Christianity and going all the way back to ancient Greece and uh you know neoplatonism and all that stuff so um when you look at the religion like who wrote the bible how many different people's versions of different things and everything the fact that there's some people that take that like word for word as if um, a being did come down and wrote the whole, th you know, it's just, it's, it's odd to me that people, and look, I come from a, I went to Catholic schools growing up uh, until I was in middle school. So, I mean, I'm not, I know um, that whole life and, you know, while it can provide a good moral scaffolding for you to grow up and be a good person and everything, um, I think that for you to wholeheartedly believe all that and not take it as like a, um, an allegory or something you can use to, you know, mold into your own life. And you're taking it word for word and you're saying these things are demons or these things, you know, like what are demons? You know, you got to go look at the, the origins and the histories of these things. And if you look back, it's not what people talk about it as if it's today, it's not the same thing at all. So people have not done their homework. They have not looked into history. They have not done their research. And, you're telling me that people are making these decisions based on these ideas that they've never even looked into. It's actually, it's absolutely crazy. Well, I will say this. I do think that <clears throat> the, the DIA aspect of OSAP that was overlapping with ATIP, even though they kind of were separate entities. In fact, they were separate entities. OSAP was a weapons application of could we weaponize the phenomenon? and all things associated with the phenomenon. A tip was, we're just gonna study the phenomenon, that's it, we're not gonna to try to figure out if we can make it a weapon. We just wanna 
category uh, categorize all these occurrences and look for patterns. I will con I can tell you that at Skinwalker Ranch with OSAP, uh, with the study uh, sponsored by the DIA, they had some negative outcomes, and I think that scared off some of the people who quote unquote are part of the Collins elite who. And these are religious fundamentalists who believe that we're dealing with uh, demons and that we're literally summing uh, demons or UFOs are, you know, part of this demonic thing. So they don't want to touch it with a 50-foot pole. I think that program, that, that project with the DIA, where they did have some negative outcomes with personnel going out to the ranch, I think that scared some of these people off and maybe that is good that it, we aren't messing with that because <laughs> uh, maybe we don't want to open that can of worms, but maybe we do. I, I don't know. Um, so is that their philosophy then is like, let's not poke the, the bear because we don't know what the bear is. Is that the, well, or... that's not entirely true that they, they in the eighties, I think I talked about this the last time I was on, Maybe, but if not, I'll reiterate it. Um, the constantly in the late eighties, early nineties, they had a program with the air force that they were, they thought they were in contact with ET, not the little gray little buddy from the movie, but like an extraterrestrial group. Right. And they were communicating with it, and it turned out it was not an ET. It was a, something else. And you had Air Force scientists either get sick and or I think, I want to say one died. And then they brought in Ray Boucher. Uh, he's not exactly a priest, but he's some kind of religious figure. And yeah. he performed an exorcism at this place where they were doing these uh, this project. And they basically shut that down and they never touched it again until they opened it back up at uh, Skinwalker Ranch with OSAP. But, um, yeah, I don't... I, I, I wanted say, to ask you something, too, about Skinwalker, because I'm not sold. Uh, okay. It's not that I don't believe in Skinwalker, right? It's just I'm not... You know, I, I, I like consciousness-based things and I like weird things, and obviously, mm -hmm. you know, there's paranormal stuff. Um, but... When I look at that, there's, did you see Project Blue Book, the show? Yeah. Yep. So there's the part when they do the Skinwalker Ranch episode where the, they're doing some tests with the gas being released from the ground, okay? Um, yep. And that would have some sort of psychoactive effect similar to like an entheogen or a psychedelic. Mm -hmm. uh, you go back to all the way to ancient Greece, and that's supposedly what the Oracle of Delphi was doing, was inhaling these fumes coming from, mm -hmm. you know, seismic activity under the earth and then having these psychedelic premonitions and then, you know, telling these. So is is that potentially what's going on? Because that actually does not still rule out some external metaphysical thing that you're connecting with. It only just creates some sort of... Um, a line or a direct contact to that thing. So your question is, is, so is, is so what in, is in, happening at the ranch real? Yeah. Well, is that project blue book thing that they show in the show project blue book with the government had some underground thing where they're releasing gas, and testing it on the kid mm -hmm. or whatever on that episode. Did that happen in project? No, blue book? no, no, oh, no. Okay. That was just from the mind of uh, David. O, I think David O'Leary or Riley, whatever his okay. last name that, uh, the creator of the show. No, I would say 
that the real Skinwalker Ranch has had multiple people where they've had encounters with all kinds of strange things. You've had uh, people who have seen or blue orbs that instill fear into people. Like you see the blue orb and it just makes you nauseous and you, you feel like dread is coming over you. Then you have people who see just UFOs and it's not a big deal. Uh, you've had people I know that have gone to the ranch from the DIA program and had hitchhikers go home with them and it affected their family. And it, it, it literally lasted weeks, if not months, to terrorizing their family and th this person. Mm -hmm. So it, to me, it, there's, it's real as real gets. I don't know what that is. Uh, you have the Eric Davis, famous Eric Davis thing where he was on the bluff overlooking the ranch and in the sky, the sky opened up. It was like a, a thin veil, bless you. Thanks. And he saw it like it looked like a di different world. And this thing gets out of it from the sky, lands on the ground and walks across the road. And during that entire time, they had like, they had like a, some special uh, video recording it they, and they forgot to turn it on. Now one could say, well, see, they had no proof. Well, right. from speaking to the people that actually worked there, pretty much every time you would do an experiment to get data or video or audio or anything recorded, the phenomenon would do it somewhere else and or it wouldn't do anything. So then what do you do? You, I mean, you can, you could try to get it pissed and get, you know, get it to do something, but yeah. that's not a guarantee. You know, then people always say like, they want science to be a part of this this conversation. Well, you can't. The way that you do science is you get it to repeat, right? Well, right. there's no repeating at Skinwalker Ranch. That's the the, the unfortunate part, you know. So, so the, the Skinwalker Ranch thing too. Um, there's obviously like cattle mutilations, which is a weird thing in itself that I don't ever. I don't think I've ever seen an explanation of why that happens and is as prevalent as it is. Um, but could it be something with Skinwalker Ranch, like almost like Rupert Sheldrick's morphic resonance, which energy gets kind of trapped into, you know, or leaves mm -hmm. like a mark on something, you know, like um, if there was, let's, you know, there's nuclear testing in the area, or if there was some sort of um, fight back in the, or, you know, battle back in the day between, you know, the, the frontier people and, or the, uh, the Native American, something like that, where it's leaving some sort of uh, um, like a negative mark on that area, or is it something like mag? You know, it's because of like some Morris's into like the vial of vertices and all that kind of stuff, like the energy flowing from um, our magnetic, you know, uh, uh, you know, the different lines that that go around the world and stuff like that. I think it's D, all the above. I, I think that the Native Americans there who basically say, like, they don't even allow their own to go wandering around in that Utah basin in Utah. Um, I think they know that's a very sacred area. Uh, I think also that Skinwalker Ranch is not unique in the sense of there's other places in the world or even in the U.S. that I would argue – the veil of our reality is thinner there. Mm -hmm. And for some reason we're able in those areas 
for whatever reason, don't know why, uh, you could have a mixture of whatever that is, you know, demonic or interdimensional or what have you, can come into our reality and interact with us and leave trace amounts of evidence. But then when we try to go and interact with that opening, it kind of just shuts shuts off. Mm. So, I mean, I would argue the Mothman area in uh, Point Pleasant, West Virginia, uh, the Hayabacha Forest in Romania, those are two just off the top of my head that I would argue that uh, are very similar to Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, the place that I went to and up in the thumb, I, I, I personally feel that there is some kind of thinning of the veil there, but I don't, I don't have any concrete proof. I only have what happened to me and my wife and my cousin, but it is interesting that all these places, you have all the same stuff. You have orbs, you have UFOs, you have cryptids. It's, it's very interesting why that is. And it's not everywhere. You know, mm. it's not, it's only in certain areas that you have this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, do you think though? Like for me, when I think about this, I think, um, because I think the paranormal aspect of it's a whole different thing. If you're talking about physical or interdimensional beings or grays or whatever, I think that's a little bit different than what's happening at Skinwalker, in my opinion, in the sense that I think that there's some people that do have positive experiences with UFOs and orbs and things like that, you know. But I think that. Um, maybe it's something where it's like our lives or our reality where there's good people, you know, there's mother, I've said this before, like mother Teresa type people. And then you have like, uh, you know, Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah, Jeffrey Dahmer, (laughs) Hannibal Lecter, whatever, you know, like that type of a thing. So, um, if that's the case, you know, why is it that specific area too? I think that that, that's a question to be looked at, but, um, I I would argue though, real quick that most experiencers most will not say it's a positive experience to deal with this phenomenon, whatever it is, whatever dealing with. I mean, I've talked to people who have had positive experiences. You mean people that have been like abducted or just people that have seen? No, I'm talking about people who have abducted, uh, talking about people who have poltergeist experiences in their houses after seeing the UFO. I'm talking about people who have, they saw a UFO and then after that, it basically, their lives were turned upside down. It was like uh, the movie Poltergeist for four years Uh in this person's house in Western Michigan, where you'd have all kinds of crazy stuff. You'd have entities show up in uh, their bedroom. You'd have uh, their, this is really wild thing. I mean, their electrical in the house should have caught fire and the house should have burnt down because all the sockets like blew out and mm. like there were sparks coming out and yeah. this is all documented like the, the head of the household the other head of the household the kids they all saw it so it's not like uh they're making this 
And then on top of that, the energy company that came out there uh, to that house, uh, like the day or so after they had this incident, they couldn't figure out what happened. Like they were baffled. They'd never seen something like that. And that's where I get the, the people, the energy people are saying, your house should have burnt down, whatever this is. And then the, the, the same person had a uh, heating and cooling guy go and reset the furnace or do something to the furnace. And he was scared so bad by what he claimed to saw or see that he would not work and they couldn't get him to come back. Hmm. And he wouldn't say what he saw. So, so you know, there's, there's, I mean, look, I, I don't know how I feel completely about that. I, I don't know um, if this is, so let me, let me just say this. So like deep in meditation, sometimes I'll see, like a face or like a figure similar to like a gray. And mm-hmm. usually that's when I bounce out, you know, I, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not sticking around cause there's something inherent. Well, there's something inherently creepy about that archetype, you know? Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I, I, I have seen it on psychedelics too. I've but is it, it creepier? Are you creating the creepiness from the stuff that you've already are yeah, aware that, of? You know? that, that's a good point. That's well, that's what I balance. Is this happening in my own mind um, or what's going on? But my point was, you know, I've seen, the gray thing on psychedelics too. I think we talk about it on trip report episode three, maybe or part three. Uh, but the thing about this whole um, thing that gets me is once I stopped being afraid of that thing in that moment and then kind of went towards it, you know, or like, you know, was not afraid of it. It kind mm-hmm. of lost all of its power in that sense. So, I mean, I think that, um, you, you know, you talk to anybody that's had sleep paralysis, our buddy Lee, who's been on the show, who's also had UFO experiences. He's had bad sleep paralysis. You know, he was in the, he was actually stationed on the USS Nemitz, not when that whole thing went down, but he had mm-hmm. been on that ship before. Um, and he had sleep paralysis, you know, in a, you know, later in his life. And he mentions that, you know, the old hag that people see sitting on their chest or something yeah. like that. He's like, you, he ate in, in his sleep paralysis, he ate the entity and then he stopped having the issues that he was having. So hmm. there's something about like confronting this thing, which I think is somehow again, related to our consciousness or our, our, the way our mind works or something. I'm not saying it's not real or it's not a thing or anything like that. I'm just merely stating that, it seems from my experience and listening to people talk that the less you are fearful of it, you know, then it will leave you alone or move on or whatever the case may be. Yes and no. I mean, I'll, I don't think I shared this with you because I haven't been on your podcast in a long time. Right, uh, right before the event happened in March, wink, wink, um, you know, that event where you got to wear certain things outside. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh for whatever reason, in my house, the energy changed. I don't know if that was because my wife and I were stressed out or what mm-hmm. have you, or my daughter was stressed out. But then I started having stuff happen, not only to me, but my daughter. And she's told me and my wife some pretty crazy stuff. And initially I thought, okay, it's just a five-year-old dreaming with a lucid dream or she's just making it up. But then one night, I'm kind of in and out of sleep. I hear something, and I see my daughter get – we have a couch in our bedroom. I see my daughter get into our – like lay on our couch because she was scared apparently in her room. And then all of a sudden, I'm looking now at the, the, the door to our bedroom, and this 
white orb comes in and hovers right over her. And I was like, holy crap. Uh, and then we had instances where she says, like, whatever this is, has told her not to be afraid. But she says she doesn't know what it is. I have also had experience shortly after it really got bad here in America, where I could hear my daughter screaming in her room, saying, no, please don't do this. And then I tried to get up. I had like sleep paralysis, but I, I could move my head just enough to look at the doorway. And all I saw was a black hooded figure. And you and one other person on Twitter, I've told this to. That's it. Oh, I take that back. There is a few other researchers I've told this to, but I, what is that? So are you, you know, were you what? in sleep paralysis when this was like happening or like were, or you're saying that, um, were you dreamy? Like what was going on? I, I was woken up by my daughter screaming. So I went to get up because that's oh, normally okay. what I'll do to go do, hmm. to go right. to console her. And I couldn't, I could only get maybe a little bit of my chest off my bed and my head off my pillow. And then I could see in the doorway a hooded black figure. And I was like, oh, geez, here yeah, we that go. That sounds like sleep paralysis for sure. And again, I mean, to people listening, that's not saying that there couldn't be some external entity metaphysical thing happening, but just that anybody that's had sleep paralysis, you, you get paralyzed and then you, you know, it's almost like I think what what's happening, and I don't know if this has been proven by science or because I've never really looked into the mechanism behind how it happens, but... I would think that it's you're in the middle of a dream or in a dreamlike state, and then when you wake up, um, you're still in that state partially, um, or your mind is, and um, your mind's manifesting stuff. And again, it's not that you know that that could have been there. Maybe you're peeking behind the veil in terms of um, you know when we talk about like people doing psychedelics and like removing the pareidolia of your mind. So you're, you're all the connections and all the pieces you're putting together in that moment, um, you know, like on a normal day-to-day consciousness are altered when you're in either sleep paralysis or psychedelic state or meditation or whatever. See, I would agree with that. But the thing that I don't, I don't agree with is the fact that my daughter was screaming at something. Yeah. And then I talked to her the next day and she's like, it was exactly what you just said, dad, that it was like a black figure. So my wife then was like, all right, Chris, you got to stop doing all this stuff. Like she, for like a good month, I, I kind of dropped this subject a little bit. And it, it, this is not the first time I've had stuff happen. Like I had, I want to say back in 2016, my wife and my daughter were in our bathroom and I was messing with some chaos magic just to see if it could work. And they saw a very hairy entity, or at least my wife did, in the bathroom very quickly of the side of her, like her peripheral vision. And she, she didn't know, she still doesn't know to this day that I was doing all that. And I won't tell her that because yeah. I don't want to get yelled at. But, uh, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. But I mean, so, so I think she was furious. Don't people call like the, like should they call them like shadow figures or something like the, um, yeah. Sleep paralysis. There's like, you know, because different parts of like I think they used to call it like old hag syndrome too, because like there's this like old lady or old figure that like sits on your chest, and some people think it's like a demon and different things. Um, and look, the weird thing about what you're saying though is there are certain places I know 
um, who was that? It was, um, I think it was Sweaty, this guy we go camping with, was talking about how he went to a hotel in, um, was it Petoskey? It was like one of the most haunted places in Michigan. I oh, forget, geez. I forget what it was. And he was saying, yeah. he was like, oh, this is bullshit. We're just going to stay here for the night, whatever. And he said that he felt like some heavy ass thing on his chest and it was like really weird and um, he couldn't really explain it. And that's similar to kind of what we're talking about. But my point was, does that, that stuff happen more often in those types of places with the weird energy? And if that is, then what's going on? I, that's a fantastic question. I'm, I, that's a question for Lou. But I, again, if it's a classified, uh, I would say if it's classified, we're not going to, we'll never find out. Like they're not going to talk about that. Mm. I think the entity part where they could come into your home uh, and you can't do a damn thing about it. I think they're going to kind of steer away from that. And that's why they kind of, they don't, and that's why, like, you'll see them kind of like Chris Mellon and Lou will say, well, we don't know exactly what we're dealing with. It could be Russia or China. But then, like, Chris Mellon says, no, it can't be China or Russia because X, Y, and Z. They know full well what – well, I wouldn't say they know exactly what we're dealing with, but I would say they definitely have an idea that it's not man-made. And if it's not man-made, then it's something that – can come into our airspace without impunity, uh, with impunity, or without, without, and uh, do whatever it wants. I mean, look, it could turn on nuclear weapons, right? Right. It could turn it nuclear turn weapons on. It could turn them off. Yeah. Exactly. And that's a pre- I mean, think about it. If you're the president of the United States and they, you're told, oh, by the way, these things are happening and they're going over our nuclear sites and they're turning on our missiles what are you going to do? You, there's what, nothing we could do. That's what Mick West tweeted about that Harry Reid interview. Oh, part where he was like, Hey, nuclear, you know, weapons malfunctions happen. They, you know, or they happen. All no, the time. <laughs> it's like, I, okay. Uh, you know, I would give him the case of Robert solace where Boeing came out for a month to Minot air force base or Maelstrom, excuse me, Maelstrom. And they literally tested those ICBMs for a month. And they could not recreate what had happened during that incident. Right. They they did everything, and they're the maker of the friggin' ICBM. <laughs> so, right. you know, and they were just as baffled as everybody else. And then they were basically Robert Salas and all his crew was told basically don't talk about. It. And you could go and watch on YouTube, I think for free, the Robert Hastings documentary UFOs and Nukes, and you'll get a ton of people saying the same thing it's crazy how much in the u.s and russia we've had that i guarantee you there's other places that's happened uh i've heard some rumblings that possibly even on nuclear subs that's happened were the goal test launch and submarine and it won't I mean, who has the capability to do that? I highly doubt Russia or China have that capability. So right. now, what, what are we dealing with? You know, and that's a million-dollar question. Does the U.S. government know exactly, or they know a little, or they they don't know anything, and they're just as baffled as we are, and that's why they don't want to come out? I, I know I some people would argue this. Yeah, go I, ahead. I, I think it's the we don't know anything. Uh, right. thing and that's well i'm not we saying we don't so know anything sensors. they have yeah they have if anybody's gonna have information it's the military and the government i mean they have all the 
radars and sensors and all the stuff. So um, they must know something. But in terms of what these things are, where they come from, why they're here, that kind of stuff, I don't believe that there's some guy at the top saying, yeah, I know exactly what's going on and, you know, this is the agenda. I don't think that that's the case at all. That's just my opinion. Yeah, uh, but I, but I, I remember talking to you one time and you mentioned that people in the know think that there's both physical and non-physical things happening simultaneously. Well, yes, and I would also say that there's people that are in the know who are firm believers that we're dealing with multiple things. It's not just one thing. And if that's the case, oh, geez, like, how do you bring it to the public? You know, I mean, oh, by the way, yeah, we have ET, but we also have interdimensional, and we don't know anything about them. ET, he comes and takes people, or he takes bovine and whatever, and we can't really do anything about him. Sometimes we can shoot down one of their ships once in the blue moon if we get lucky. And, oh, by the way, there's another group that we know nothing about, and they can influence our leaders. Oh yeah, mm, we can't sit. We, you know, come on. The public would freak out. I right. mean, they they can't even handle what's going on right now. I know. I'm, I'm touching on something, but like literally, the the public is not. I would say the public. Certain segments of the public are ready, and the majority is not. It's you know the, the weird thing is even when people are like, oh, aliens are real. Like I remember, just like being at my office when like some of these articles have come out and stuff and people are like, Oh yeah, that's interesting. And then they move on with their day. Like it's, <laughs> it's like, I mean, I, I'm not saying people need to obsess over it, but it's like, if you've ever wondered the purpose of life or anything like that, wouldn't, wouldn't this be some sort of door into maybe more information about why we are here or if there is a purpose or, you know, is there life? Does this, do these entities have something to do with that? You know, like things like that. So I, I yeah, never... people don't want to ask a follow-up question, and the media is the same thing. Though I will say this: for whatever reason, the media has picked up on the Harry Reid stuff, and I do think if we keep pushing, you know, if UFO Twitter does keep pushing and gets the ear of the right journalist, maybe we can break that open. But uh, you know, to me, that's our only option right now. Yeah. Because if if we let this if we let this slide, that's on us. Because right now, I feel the momentum is going in the direction of we're getting closer to knowing some more answers. I'm not going to sit here and say we're going to find the absolute truth, but we're getting closer to answers that we have not known for seventy friggin' years. Right. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to ask you too. There was a big push with the whole. You know, Wilson memo, Wilson document. Well, when the yep. whole article thing came out and yep. people were waiting for some sort of confirmation of that or whatever, mm -hmm. um, what's going on with that? And um, if that is real or yep. whatever, yep. doesn't that insinuate that we don't know what's going on? Because it basically says that we'll revisit it every 10 years because we don't know what this technology is or how to use it. All right. The first part is um, a colleague of mine did publish out for everybody to see uh, Edgar Mitchell interview with a, a Las Vegas radio station where he mentions Eric Davis getting a briefing from an admiral. That was huge. I know there's some people that still say that the Wilson stuff is total bogus. I can tell you. Without a shadow of doubt, it is not bogus. 
Okay, and I know that you're going to remain independent, and that's fine. And I'm not asking you to sway your opinion. But I can tell people right now that document is real as you can get. Now, the contents of the document, are they legit? I don't know. I have my own issues with, like, the abduction. They're not real. I don't buy that because, oh, duh, I've had my own experiences. So I'm not going to sit there and say, yeah, you know what, maybe – yeah, no, I don't buy that. I, I think, honestly, I think it's of truth. And I won't say deception, but I think it's not being truthful. And I don't think it, again, I don't think it's deception. I really don't. Because it would be such a narrow target if it was deception. You're only deceiving Eric Davis, Edgar Mitchell, and basically the NIDS group back in yeah. the late 90s. And it's a really small group now obviously one could say that you're trying to throw them off the the trail of the subject but the people that worked for nids they weren't stupid they they definitely were in the know and they themselves were working on a on this this um subject and riding that thin line of yes they have security clearances asking certain questions and knowing that they can't overstep their bounds you know, that's what, I, again, people don't realize is you can't just say, hey, you know, give me all you got because it's not the way it works. You right. know, I, a lot of people don't understand that. They think that the, just because you have the security clearance, you're open, you, you can get anything you want. No, that's definitely not the way it works. The, um, the whole Robert Bigelow thing, like he was on like, what, 2020? 60 few years ago? 60 minutes. 60 yep. minutes, something like that. Uh, and he was saying, yeah, they're here, or aliens are real, they're here that kind of a thing. So if that's the case, my question is, you know, he didn't he used to own Skinwalker Ranch. So does yep. he not think that there's anything associated with that then if he was selling it, knowing that these things are real to him uh, based on what he's seen or honestly, I think he is like me. He's a smart businessman and he got what he paid for in that investment. He got the answers he wanted and he was done with it and he moved on. Okay. People make a lot of, big deal out of oh he sold it to you know he sold to uh now i'm trying to blank uh brandon fugel he sold to him uh and fugel's not doing anything with it no fugel definitely is doing work there he's got some good people there who are working on this subject and trying to figure out what's going on at that ranch they've had some success with seeing various phenomenon and recording various phenomenon but robert biglow he got what he paid for he, he 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 found out his answers and he got out. Do you think that he? Do you think that? Well, I was gonna say, do you think that the you said the mention like the evil aspect or the potentially dangerous aspect of it? Do you think that maybe mm-hmm. he just didn't want any part of that because there's some other aspect of it that's not associated with that? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Like or one can i mean he's a family guy right so he's got his granddaughter is basically partially running his company obviously he is the main person but you know he's a family guy he he wanted to insulate his family from the stuff the ufo subject and uh, maybe like i said maybe he just said you know what i i've got the answers that i wanted i sp- he's spent more as a private citizen on the subject than anybody else has done. Right. Uh, and he, he basically bought the best scientist you could buy to go to the ranch, study it. He got a government contract. 
and I know some people would say, well, that's a sweet deal between Harry Reid and him because they're both us. Uh, they're both from Las Vegas and blah, blah, blah. No. <laughs> right. Listen, Big Low Aerospace was the only one that bid on it because all the other contractors didn't feel that it was anything important. So they're like, whatever. And I, there has been some loose talk that Lockheed Martin was the other contractor that had sh- shared some interest but ultimately said $22 million is a kick in the bucket. We can make that in a day. So why are we even wasting our time with that? So we'll just let it go. And right. Big Globe said, I'll, I'll take it. And I'll take the money. Um, I, you know, I don't know. Those are answers or questions for him to answer. And I highly doubt that we'll ever get those answers. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think the closest you'll get is like uh, Jacques Vallée's uh, Forbidden Science volumes like volume five where he's like doing his uh his uh, uh diary entries and that's like a little window into uh bigelow uh, hair reed uh dick d'amato uh, people like that who definitely are in the know and know that this phenomenon is real and and I know you keep saying this, but like he got his money's worth and he's, he's done. He doesn't, right. he, he piqued his curiosity and it's time to move on. Let's go do something else. And I think he's kind of like that. Like he wanted to see if he could do this in, uh, inflatable habitat with NASA and he got that contract. And obviously there's some, you don't want to be known as that UFO guy and the NASA, like NASA's work with you. And then the, the press yeah, but- actually picks up on that, you know? But the, at the same time, he's he is known for that. So obviously, they don't care because I would think that if you were going to be scrupulous about something like that, your past would matter. So, um, well, I would say I would argue there's some people that didn't like that the fact that he was into oh, okay. that stuff. What about the fact that I heard something? I forgot where I heard it, but that all. Uh, commercial pilots or whatever when they have to report something weird in the sky that supposedly goes to like a direct line to Bigelow or something like that or what you know it did all right so when he when he was like the main financer of MUFON he made all FAA UFO reports go to Bigelow Aerospace Uh. all of them so if you're Delta or if you're a United pilot or if it's happening over America and you see a UFO and you're an airline pilot or a crew member, all that stuff, all that data went to Bigelow Aerospace. Now, some of it was supposedly, supposedly supposed to be shared with MUFON. I don't know if that happened. I can't speak to that. I do know that there's a friend of mine who was at MUFON during that time. They were pretty high up. And um, it was just interesting that uh, Bigelow would, when he was the head, like he wasn't the head of like MUFON, but he was like the main financier. He made a star team and they would get on the ground as quick as they could if there was a major UFO event. And he paid for all those people from MUFON to go and be their, the field investigators hmm. to go and try to figure out what had happened at this you know, occurrence. I'm not saying that for the airline stuff, but I'm just saying in general for the star team, uh, don't ask me what year that was. I want to say it was in the late 2000s, like 2007, 2008, 2009, maybe. Okay. But he, he definitely got 
what he paid for, and I think he's very happy with the results, and it was just time to move on and let somebody else. And also, think about this. That ranch has gotten such notoriety that it's such a liability, you know, that there's so many kooks and crazies that want to go to that ranch right. and do stuff. And it's just, why bother? You know, why open yourself up to a lawsuit? Sure. You know, there's that famous case where I think I told you the last time I was on your uh, show, there was a guy that pleaded with the guards when Bigelow owned it, and he pleaded with the guards and said, there's something here that's telling me to come here, and I need to talk to it. So they're like, you know what? Shoot, we haven't had an activity in a long time, so let's see what happens. So he goes in the, the cow pasture, and they're seeing on their, their floor camera, there's something like the predator, not the alien predator, but like the cloaking technology sure. where you, the reverse is being pushed forward. And it's coming up to this guy who looks like a hippie and this thing roars at him. And he said, Oh my God, I've seen Satan. Satan's here. And he jumps the fence and he leaves. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think Big Gold got tired of having to deal with that kind of stuff. And even Brandon Fugel probably is, if you were to ask him, I'm sure I could ask him, have you had instances where crazy people tried to, you know, get on the property? Um, probably. Um, and then you have, the whole, I don't know if you followed like the Erica Luke saga, but like her new husband, uh, Chris Marks, worked for Bigelow at, at the ranch as a security guard. And he's claiming that he's had trauma that's not due to paranormal aspects, but due to other things. I don't know what he's exactly insinuating whether it was human or not, but he's saying that his brain was messed up and he's got MRIs to prove that he was messed up at that place. And it was, it was, uh, they, uh, knowingly subjected him and others to psychotronic, uh, things. Mm. And it's just interesting. Um, uh, I don't know. It's weird. Uh, I don't know. It's just one of those things where, I don't know what to think of that because there's another gentleman, Chris Bartell, who, yeah, he said there's things that happened, but he didn't have quite the extreme stuff that Marx had. So I don't know who's telling the truth and who isn't. It's just, it's interesting of note. Um, right. So. Yeah, no, it's fascinating. What do you make of this, like these jetpack people that are being seen in high altitudes recently? There was another sighting recently, I think in the last few days. I think humanity is becoming stupid. We're like idiocracy and we're doing stupid stuff. <laughs> because so, you think we're that bored. These are, so you think that these are people with like private, like private people. Oh yeah. They're, they're probably millionaires or billionaires who've got I'm nothing. I'm going to try and get do. one. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're going to sell it to you, buddy. <laughs> so I have to build my own. Okay. <laughs> the other thing, I, the other thing I was going to say too, is what do you make of uh, Elon Musk has been, people got pissed at him because uh, Elon said like a couple months ago, like aliens built the pyramids and then obviously people flipped out over that. And how could you think that? And Zahi Hawass has made a video condemning him and saying, you know, how could you believe this? That kind of stuff. Um, and then you have, um, him coming out, what, a few days ago saying that he hasn't seen any evidence that there's anything weird. You know? Yeah. I, I, I will say this. I will, I've, I'm looking at this from a different lens and the lens I'm viewing it from is who's he got a major contract with? What branch? 
the Air Force. Yeah. What branch has not said a damn word about any incursions over their places? It's the Air Force. They haven't said shit, right? It's always been the Navy, right? Right. So, Shout and out I to know Sean Cahill. Yeah. So that makes me wonder if he just doesn't want to say because therefore, and again, knowing how this, the secrecy works, I don't think he's read in. So if he's not read in, he doesn't know jack shit. He would never know jack shit. So he's just going to look like a goofball and the air force is going to (laughs) say, he's, He's going to be a goofball, and he's going to basically do our work for us and by denouncing us. We've got one little tidbit from Susan Goh at the Pentagon about the Air Force with a video supposedly from an F-15. That's it. That's the only thing that the Air Force has said that they've encountered, which we know that's not true. I mean, there's so much stuff flying all the time that there's no way that all these sensors and all these aircraft have not seen things. And obviously from season two of Unidentified, we know that not to be the case because the Air Force has clearly had instances where people have been flying, whether it be in this country and or abroad, and they have seen stuff. And then basically they're told not to talk about it. And that's the same MO that I've heard time again, time again. I mean, I know for a fact in 2011, I want to say it was either at Minat or Maelstrom, we had another incident in more recent times. I know 2011 is nine years ago, but it's recent for us, uh, where they had a UFO show up and it turned off the nuclear stuff. But the Air Force played off as it was a malfunction on their end. But the people who were at that base during that time, who were on the ground, they will say otherwise. Yeah. So... Well, couldn't it be also that Elon's trolling too? Because he does troll people, and that the whole aliens built the pyramids thing is a troll, possibly. And then even saying that he hasn't yeah, seen just keep any his evidence. name and like in the news, and yeah, keep his name in the news. Yeah, I mean, th- this is the same. I don't know. I, like, I have a love hate relationship. Sometimes I love what he does, and then there's other times it's so, so cringeworthy <laughs> that I just wish he would just go away. Like, I don't think. <laughs> I don't have the opinion like some people say he's the modern day Tony Stark. No, he's not. Because really, what has he done that's been so revolutionary? And obviously, the space program that he's started up has done a lot. And for private industry, that's great. Right. We have a private space program. That's great because now NASA has a way to get to other because we once funded. We're not funding this crap anymore. And we're going to let it go to private industry, which was very interesting. I do feel, this is just me, nobody's ever told me, uh, said this to me, but this is just my gut. Part of the reason why we're getting this trickle and or slight tidal wave of information with regarding to UFOs is because we are starting to go out into space. And I don't think they want, public or i would say they want the public ready to be to get them on board knowing that when we go to space you're going to see some weird stuff yeah we've known about it and there's nothing we can really do about it it is what it is well it's like the the venus announcement of possible life on venus and then well that's and then the other thing is 
as we mentioned, is that Russia pretty much claimed Venus as theirs. And then there was that announcement from the guy, I don't know who it was, but he came out and said uh, Russia and China have both weaponized space and that we need to figure it out because they're not going to stop. You know, it's not like let's all love each other and don't do this. Yeah, and I don't, do. You know. Well, think about this. We live on a plant with finite finite resources right right so oil eventually will go away all the where I, I guess there's like beach sand is going away like there's not like people will just take the beach sand because i guess that's how you make concrete yeah is there's a certain kind of beach sand that people are stealing in africa or other parts of the world so it would make sense that we'd weaponize they would weaponize and even the u.s would weaponize space because there's resources that we have not tapped there and you know what? We got to bring freedom over to space too. You know, we got to put our flag down and, you know, make sure that we get what's ours. Um, I don't know. I do feel that like Russia and China, uh, you know, maybe they have some stuff in space that could knock out satellites and that would make America not so fun to live. You know, I mean, the internet, we're all addicted to it, right? So, I mean, that would be no fun if they took out the internet. Well, uh, but the other thing is those countries don't really have restrictions, meaning like we have public perception and people exactly. care and want to take care of one another. Yep. Not, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that doesn't exist there, but we all know the structure of everything there. And it's, it's more likely that they're willing to do stuff that other people aren't. No, for sure. I mean, they're definitely, they go around the rules and they definitely probably have put nuclear weapons in space and have aimed stuff at people and, you know, or countries, and that's not good. And here's the th other thing is, so I know we're kind of getting to the political and or, you know, social, political, or uh, what have you, but who's to say that they couldn't assassinate somebody from space? And there's not a damn thing we could do about because they, they would develop a hypersonic weapon. Instead of, forget a drone, the drone, like the Predator or Reaper, that's yeah. child's play, you know. Maybe they have something in space that can annihilate, uh, a home in like literally a second. Right. You know, well, the, well, the thing is too, is I think that you look at even that, that show on Netflix with Steve Carell. Yeah. It's a funny show space force, mm -hmm. but even in that show, it shows like, you know, China messing with our satellites and like us trying to retaliate. And it's like this slow charade thing because the gravity thing and it's people using scissors to cut holes and like little things. It's not like this like damaging thing you would expect on earth because that's what we've had to evolve through warfare. But it's more of this, like, since it's all technology and like delicate things that the whole, it's like changed the way things are done. But then you look at like, like you mentioned, like some satellite doing some crazy thing or, you know, what are those things that they've mentioned about like the rods from God or the rods? Exactly. Or, or the XP 37. You know? Yeah. So like all that crazy shit. So I, yeah, I do think that we need to, evolve with that if nothing else just to protect ourselves so yeah it's a national security issue i mean at a certain point if you get punched you're gonna want to punch back so right. unfortunately that's the way it is i mean one could say this is the next cold war going to go hot eventually but i don't know that's only time will tell well we'll know because isn't you know after world war ii and all the nuclear activity and all the testings when we saw a rise obviously and all these sightings and and everything so who knows if that starts happening in space there might be 
we might know real quick if there is for sure things out there. Well, I could t- well my colleague Danny uh, Silva, he's I think his latest blog or one of his latest pieces that he wrote. Some of the satellites that we have in space, they have tracked this phenomenon, and one could argue some of these satellites that we have in space are that's their only gig is to track these objects coming in and out of our atmosphere. Sure. So crazy times, man. Oh yeah. I think we can yeah. uh, wrap it up here, but is there, uh, is there anything else you want to mention before we uh, tie it all up here? Uh, I think no, we got not really. The, the, the meat and potatoes of everything recently. Um, but yeah, yeah I, I think that, uh, I, we appreciate you coming on. Obviously, you know, a lot about this topic and I know you don't really talk that often anymore. So I appreciate you doing this. I mean, you're a fellow, uh, you know, Detroit area guy and Red Wings fan. So we love that. And, uh, <laughs> I'm to say, yeah, thanks for coming on and we'll have you back on sometime soon in the future. And if anything big comes up, you know, maybe we'll try and get you on then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I I don't know. You know me. I don't know if I scheduled. I mean, obviously, I know my daughter goes to school two days a week, one week, and three days a week, another week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to try to plan it if we do something happens. Yeah, for sure. So. Well, awesome, man. Thank you for coming on. And everybody can check him out. Uh, yep. Check Chris out on Twitter. I'll put the link down below the video or the uh, audio if you're listening. And uh, you can check out his uh, his feed, and he's pretty active on there. So, uh, again, we appreciate it. Why don't you guys also head on over to mindescapepodcast.com. Check out our website. We have everything on there, blog, video, audio. Um, and uh, also check out indrasweb.org, which is the app we created to have, you know, these kinds of conversations on a platform with any sort of BS, you know, just intelligent, rational discourse. That's what we're going for with all these types of topics. So go check out there. You'll get an alert when it goes live, which will be soon. And uh, head on over to our Patreon at patreon.com slash mindofstatepodcast. Um, and for $2 a month, you'll get exclusive content. So, all right, everybody, we love you. And uh, thanks again stay for safe. coming on, Chris. Everybody stay safe out there. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Peace. Cheers. Cheers.